out what the hell is going on. Southern Steve is in the house. We're the number 88. I know that's what you're wondering, Shannon. I know that's what you're wondering, Shannon. Well, here's the answer, buddy. Here's the answer. Evidently, while the Cowboys were in Santa Clara, I believe, last night, they were looking for a playmaker. They were looking for somebody to make plays. They were trying to figure it out, and they couldn't find it. They couldn't find it. They were looking all over the place. Couldn't find any of them. Well, guess what? The playmaker's right here with your boy Shannon and Stephen A. First takes the place to be because evidently the big D, that ain't the place to go. <laughs> First takes it out, y'all. See you in a bit. Good day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into First Take. Hope you had a fabulous weekend, and thanks for starting your week here with us. Shannon Sharp out there on the West Coast looking dapper per usual, sir. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Molly. Dan O in the building. Good morning. What's up? Hey, What's going on? How we doing? Good, sir. How are you, boss? I love it. I love it. Stephen A., I love when we prophetic. I love it. I love it when we, when we can be Nostradamus and we can foretell of great things to come. Yeah, I owe you guys. I owe you guys. Uh, you were right. Uh, you were right. I was wrong. You guys were right. Well, first wrong. of all, buddy, first of all, buddy, good morning. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Shannon, I hope you had a wonderful weekend, big boy. I hope awesome. you had a wonderful weekend. I mean, it was beautiful. Could you fix your tie just a little bit right there? Uh, Dan Olavsky, the back of the tie sticking out just even out. Oh, that's from the just microphone. For me, just a little bit. I understand. I'm just trying to help you out, not insult you. Molly, good to see you. Beautiful outfit, by the way. Let me tell y'all something right now. It's going to be a nice day today. You understand Gorgeous. what I'm saying? And by the way, are you ready for this? I'm actually going to try to be nice. Now, I don't know if I'm going to pull that off. I don't know if I'm going to pull that off, Shannon. But I'm going to try. I'm well, going to try. Hey, well, I'm going to be like the guy in uh, life. I ain't nice like boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's dive into it. Let, let's break this down, y'all. So the 49ers pinned a 42-10 loss at Levi Stadium that left the locker room of the Cowboys as silent as it was last January when San Francisco ended Dallas' season in the divisional round of the playoffs. It was the largest loss of Dak Prescott's career. Here he is on being humbled. Didn't see it coming. As you said, put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. It's a punch in the gut. It's a kick in the ass, whatever, whatever phrase you want to put on it. But, you know, I think it's clearly, but you you look at how this season's gone. Um, you know, we, we've been knocked down. I mean, clearly, they, they, they beat us on all three phases. So, um, and, you know, I think we, we will clearly acknowledge it. And I'm not a burn-to-take guy. I, I think that's a crock of um, We're not going to do that. We're going to go through it. All right, I say, what happened to the Cowboys? Everything. I mean, that's the, that's the natural reaction. Listen, here's the bottom line, y'all. The Dallas Cowboys did not make one trip to the red zone. <laughs> not one trip. Over the course of 60 minutes, they couldn't find a way to the red zone. In 60 minutes, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it was so bad over that 60-minute period, we were watching 60 minutes before the game ended. That's how bad it was. You understand what I'm saying? I watched Rich Paul. You know, they did a feature on Rich Paul, LeBron James agent on 60 minutes. I watched that before the game was over. Why, you might ask? Because those brothers was down 42 to 10 with 13 minutes left in the game. I mean, just a romp. Just an embarrassment. I'm just looking at 
at certain stats here in terms of first downs and things of that nature. Tom, first downs, 49ers, 25. Cowboys, 8. Time of possession, 37 to 23. It is an absolute utter embarrassment what happened to the Dallas Cowboys. But I'm here to tell you right now, it ain't just about Dak. First of all, Dan Quinn, he was Kyle Shanahan's boss in Atlanta. Am I right? Am I, am I, am I right about that? That Super Bowl that they blew a 28-3 lead yeah. uh, and ended up losing the damn Super Bowl to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. Dan Quinn was the head coach. And your former pupil, you understand what I'm saying? You were the boss. You got romped last night. The Dallas Cowboys defense looked soft. They got punked. They got beat up. They lost at both lines of scrimmage offensively and defensively. You had and and I felt bad for CD Lamb. I ain't gonna lie to you. There were several times he was open and Dak Prescott missed him. Now I don't know if it's Dak Prescott in this combination, Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, but he was missed. At the end of the day, your defense couldn't deal with San Francisco McCarthy. I'm sorry, I'm McCaffrey, I'm sorry. 15-0 as a starter in San Francisco. 15-0. Brock Purdy, 10-0 as a starter at quarterback. I mean, this is just pure domination that we're talking about here. I didn't see that coming. I saw the loss. I saw the interceptions. I saw all of that coming. But I didn't see this. And it, I'd be I, – I, I, I'm not going to talk any further because to take it away from you and Shannon dissecting this and break it down would be a dereliction of duty to the <laughs> public at large. I'm going to let them have y'all – Break it down with your expertise. But I know what I saw. I know what I saw. And it wasn't pretty. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Mo Molly, Molly, if you yes, don't mind, sir. can you can yeah. you re-ask me the question? Yes, go ahead. Sure. Ask it. Jeez, give me a sec. Yes. Shannon, what happened to the Cowboys? What I told you would happen. I say, what happens when the Cowboy offense doesn't get scooping scores or pick sixes? or the special teams can set that offense up on a short field and they only have to drive 30 yards. And Dak Prescott is, to, is forced to play every down, every possession, every throw, and it matters. What would happen? What you saw would happen. All I heard, we've got a historic defense. We have the ability to be the Ravens. We have the ability to be this and this and this. Normally what happens when teams that have the historic defense, they don't tell you about it in the season. We talk about it after it's done. Let us, let the media, let the people that do this for a living tell you how great you are after you've done something. Now, I want you to tell me what you've done. You see how easy it is to play quarterback, Dan Olofsky, when you're up 40 to nothing, when you're up 38-3, when you're up 27 to nothing. You see how easy it is to play defense? I told you, turnovers are in Dak DNA. Jerry Jones tried to tell us for the last several years, turning the football over isn't what Dak is about. It is absolutely what he is about. And you know what? To take a steal, uh, steal a line from uh, Damari Povich, you are that interceptions father. You turn the ball over because... Wow, Shannon. <laughs> wow. You turn, you turn the ball over because you're forced to play every possession. You can't just put the ball in, in Tony Pollard's belly. You can't just rely on Michael Parson to get strip sacked. Now, all I heard last week, and they was playing it up in the media. This will be the first time in 630 days since they drafted Tyler Smith number one, that offensive line will be intact. And they got whipped. Wow. They got whipped. That defense, that historic defense that everybody's been yapping about, got ran through like Sherman went through Georgia. The Cowboys are who we thought they were, and the Niners didn't let them off the hook. See, 
Stephen A., what you said, you said that uh, Dan Quinn was Kyle Shanahan's boss. He also was the defensive coordinator during that 28-3 lead that they had. So we shouldn't be surprised by this. And I told you, I don't know what they were thinking last night. There's no way I would have lined Michael Parson up at left defensive end because Trent Williams is going to neutralize him. I'm going to put him on the right side and let him go time after time on the right tackle. I'm not dealing with Trent. He's a 10-time pro bowler. He's a two-time first-team All-Pro. You know where he's going when his career is done? He's coming to join me in Canton. So leave him alone. Did anybody, Hold on. Did anybody touch Brock Purdy's hand except the coin toss at the start of the game? Did anybody <laughs> touch him, Dan Olosky? Because I didn't see it. <laughs> what happened is what I thought would happen if they didn't get pick sixes, scooping scores, and the, op- and the special team couldn't put them on a short field. The Cowboys are who we thought they were. When you make them play and you don't turn the ball over, they can be had in a very big way. Yeah, I was, I was totally wrong on who the Cowboys are versus elite teams. I thought they were a much better football team than what we saw last night. It's the worst performance of Dak Prescott's tenure as a Dallas Cowboy. I agree. And I disagree with Stephen A. and Shannon that this was a line of scrimmage game. It wasn't. This was a quarterback game and a play caller game. And San Francisco has got the distinct advantage in both situations. Offensively, the Cowboys, it showed to be archaic and antiquated. Standstill offense. The first pass of the game, I believe, is a drop back go route versus off coverage. It's a bad football play. The first third down of the game, they got into trips and ran triple slants. Mike McCarthy's been calling that play for 15 years in Green Bay. So the the, the, the offense looked slow and timid and tired. Defensively, they look unprepared. The first pass of the game, the 49ers motion, Brandon Ayuk's wide open. Like, you were unprepared for the motion. So, th- there was, it was a complete outclassing when it came to a football team being ready to play, a football be- team being prepared how to handle and then attack. And then when we talk about the quarterbacks, Dak Prescott looked timid. Dak Prescott made mistakes that he should not make. Dak Prescott threw interceptions that he should not in, in attempt. And Brock Purdy was by far the better player on the field. Both lines of scrimmage, I thought San Francisco were fine. They did not dominate the Real line of scrimmage. It, was it more on Dak or on the play calling? I mean, it's always both, Molly. It is. It's always both. And I know we don't love that answer. It's always both. The play calling did not help Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott, he made one throw last night, the touchdown pass to Turpin. Other than that, there wasn't a single throw that you sat there and said, man, that's a nice ball. Brock Purdy had six of them. There's a stretch in the third quarter. You guys remember it was third and three. It was an 11-point game. Um, He throws a corner route to Debo, and they get called for a holding. It goes from third and three to third and 14. He comes right back and throws throws an unreal in route to Debo Samuel for like 40 yards. Mm -hmm. Those two throws were better than – all game with Dak Prescott showed. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 but you can't act like the line of scrimmage wasn't that bad. I mean, San, it wasn't. Francisco, San Francisco, it was to me. San Francisco was able to run the football. The Dallas Cowboys were not. The Dallas Cowboys were not able to run the football. San Francisco was running the football. That's the 170 yards, they, uh, 170 yards on the ground. When you, look at, when you look at it from that perspective, I'm looking at them getting in Dak Prescott's face, making them uncomfortable. I didn't see that happen to Brock Purdy, just like Shannon pointed out. You barely touched him. Plus, San Francisco was able to run the football. The Dallas Cowboys were not. I don't understand how we sit up there and we say the line of scrimmage wasn't that big of a factor. I it, think it, it was. was. Uh, I, yeah, I, I guarantee you. I don't know, I don't know until the numbers come out. 
I guarantee you that the pass protection was better for Dallas than it was San Francisco, and I promise you, Brock Purdy was under pressure, duress, rush, more than Dak Prescott was. Brock Purdy just made more plays. Dak Prescott was pressured on 37% of his dropbacks, and even even when he wasn't pressured, he was 9 of 17 for 77 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Hold on, wait a minute. A man lost his job last year because y'all say the play calling, and it wasn't Dak Prescott. You remember? Kellen Moore Kellen is Moore. calling plays for the Chargers because Jerry Jones blamed that loss in San Francisco on his head. You've lost Jason Garrett. How many coordinators have Dak Prescott had? And we swept them under the rug trying to prop Dak Prescott up. He, listen. He's average to slightly above average. And an average quarterback can get you to the playoffs because the team is really talented. But it takes a little more than average to go past the divisional round, to get you to the NFC Championship game, to get you to a Super Bowl. Come on, bro. Hey, Dio, I, I like Dak also. I'm with but you. Dak, yeah, yeah, You ain't. When yeah. the rubber needs to meet the road, Dak goes off, off-roading. He's not on the road, well, and we saw it again and again and again. So how many times does somebody need to hit you in your face before you yeah. realize they're for real? Yeah. First, first three seasons, they're fourth collectively offensively with Kellen, uh, Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. Now they're in the middle of the pack at 16th. Yeah. And you're talking about that, and look at this, nine offensive touchdowns in five games for the Dallas Cowboys. 18 teams in the NFL are better than right now. Now, to me, that's not just about Dak Prescott. That's also about Mike McCarthy, yes. which is I'm saying yes. to address Shannon's point. We talk about it ain't just about Jerry Jones. It was about Mike McCarthy needling Jerry Jones. I can do this. I can do this. I, I can I, do I, this. I can call yes. And let me, give it to me. And remember, he departs from Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers basically said we were a bit archaic. We were a bit outdated. He sat up there, took a year off, talked about what he learned, and said, hey, I've come back a better man. I'm going to modify myself. I'm going to adapt. I'm going to be better. And this was his first chance. This has been his first chance to prove it, and he has fallen short in comparison to Kellen Moore. That cannot be ignored. I'm talking Mike McCarthy here. Shannon, you know this as well as I do. Like, there's two ways to win offensively in the NFL. It's either execution or creativity. And I think the Cowboys, hopefully for them, learned last night. Like, they thought they could just line up and out-execute the 49ers against their defense. That, that, That is not going to be the case against good defenses. And Mike McCarthy does need to become more creative. I said, I thought it was archaic and, and antiquated. It was predictable. I was sitting there going, here comes double slants. Here comes triple slants. If I know that, San Francisco does. I think that the two biggest concerns walking away if you're Dallas is, one, how much is doubt going to play a factor when they play in the big-time games now? Because – this The last three times this offense has played against San Francisco, it's been an absolute embarrassment. And the turnovers and the quarterback play has not been good. If they want to get to where they want to get to, they're likely going to have to face this team again. How much does doubt play? And when we talk about the quarterback and the play caller, if we're just – Having an honest conversation, you got to place them behind San Francisco right now. That's why I say, like, are they – and this is where I was wrong. Are they legit Super Bowl contenders? Like, legit? Because after last night, you got to place them behind San Francisco. you got to place and them the behind Philadelphia. you got to place them behind Detroit. you got to place them behind Seattle. And you probably have to place them behind the Rams offensively. That's what, five or six teams offensively, when you talk to, like, the creativity and quarterback play – that you have to go realistically, it's it, off of last that, night, you can't. 
Yeah, I, Stephen A., I'm, I'm going to let you jump in here, Stephen A., but after what we saw last night, no person in their right mind outside of those delusional Cowboy fans can say this is a Super Bowl contending team. What happened is that you saw the difference in physicality. From the start, you saw Greenlaw. You saw uh, uh, Fred Warner. You saw them punish receivers. You saw them punish the running backs. Did you see Greenlaw lift Pollard up off his feet and yeah. slam him to the ground? And Pollard turned to the official. You're not going to throw a flag? I knew right then and there it was over. Because oh. when you start asking a official to, because they're getting physical with me, are you going to throw a flag? That's unnecessary. It's over. It's over. They sent the message. I will say this. The only problem I have with what Shannon's just said is that he said anybody outside of a delusional Cowboy fan. The problem with that is that delusional Cowboy fans are like cockroaches. They're everywhere. The problem with that is that, you know, there's too many of them. Right. There's too many of they're them. Just, they're just not in Dallas, Stephen A. They're just not in Dallas. Oh, they ain't in Dallas today. No. Nah. So none hey, of you think they're th still Super Bowl contenders? No. I can't, no, I can't no. legitimately say, and that's what I missed on them, playing against bad competition, seeing how poorly the Giants are. That I can't. I can't. So who is – so, so who, who are the contenders then in the NFC? Easily. Easily. San Francisco. And you, you just watched them, Molly. Did yeah, you not obviously watch? San Francisco, but who else? San Francisco. What about the Eagles? Have you not watched the Eagles? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have, you watched the, have you watched Detroit? Detroit's there. Okay. I, I, don't know if they're, I, don't, I don't know if Detroit's in that class – but they're, they, they are in that. I'm but not but giving Detroit, slim. Shannon, Shannon, I'm not giving Detroit that. I'm saying it's slim. I, I'm not Talking giving Detroit teams. that yet yes. because they're young. I know the talent is there, but yeah. they're young, okay? And they haven't been there is what I'm trying That's to say. That's totally fair. I'm going to say San Francisco and Philadelphia and it stops there. I tell you this much, though. Detroit could be Dallas. <laughs> yeah, they're in front of Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Play. I think the thing that Detroit has going for them is their offense. Aiden Hutchinson, I think, has got, like, defensive player of the year. Like ability, so that yeah. that allows them to be in that. They're not in that conversation up top, no. Let me ask you this: When you get beat down like this, Shannon, do you feel like they can bounce back psychologically? Like this, yeah, kind of garner the troops, and 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 we can see an even better Cowboys team moving forward. Or is the party over? You know, Molly, the thing that I've been very fortunate is that when we were winning, we were very realistic in where we were. We weren't out there thumping our chest saying we got a historically great offense or we got a historically great this. Even when the Ravens in 2000, let's take it to the Ravens, they did not talk about histor how historically great they were because they were in it. Now, after the season, when you average give up 10 points a game, you hold teams that play 16 games, you give up 165 total points, you give up 100 and 190 points over the entire season, including the playoffs, then people start saying, that was a historic defense. But when you're in your mind and you're trumpeting, oh, we're great, we're great, and somebody come put their foots in you like they did last night, yeah, it, it, it's a gut check. Well, it makes you reassess. Are we really that good or we just been talking? Let me tell you why the Dallas Cowboys cannot bounce back from this. They don't believe in their quarterback. That's my, I mean, it, that's, it, it, that's the doubt it, thing I kind of said before, the, right? The but do they believe in their coach also to piggyback on that? If you don't believe, calling? if you don't believe in your quarterback, chances are you're not going to believe in a coach who's supposed to be an offensive mind and he's your offensive play caller. Now, if it's a coach that you know he's a former defensive coordinator, yeah. Yeah. And you got a defense like the Baltimore Ravens had when Shannon was there and stuff like that. Is a different animal. Yeah. But yeah. when you're reliant on your offense to do something, remember the Dallas Cowboys, their bravado 
it's totally about their defense. Those players believe in themselves. Yes. Yes. Michael Parsons is talking post game yesterday, and he's talking about we're not that far off. What he's saying is, look, y'all, don't get it twisted. It was a bad day today, but the defense will rise again. The problem is they got question marks about their quarterback. If you remember, during during the summertime, they're working out, training camp. You ain't supposed to touch the quarterback, uh, Micah Parsons. He, he, he threw that rule out of the window. He was touching the quarterback. Why? He's like, look, man, we need you. Hell with all of this. We ain't going to be soft. We're going to go about our business of moving forward and doing what we need to do. We're going to handle our business, or you're going to handle yours. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys team has right. a question mark about their coach and about their quarterback. I think they, I think they can bounce back versus some of the average teams in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. wait until they play an elite team We're again. talking about the elite teams. Unfortunately... They have to figure out who they are defensively without Trayvon as well. Right. Rex, yeah. Rex used this. They were the number one pass defense before Trayvon Diggs' injury. They're the 30th ranked pass defense since him. So as great of a head coach as Dan Quinn is, yeah. they got to figure that out because there was a little bit of an expose on the back end as well when it came to last night's right. game. I want to get into but, Philly. But also, Ma- Molly. The thing that you have, you can't do, you can't turn the ball over. No matter how great your defense is, you put them on enough short fields, they'll eventually break. And the one thing that we didn't do is that we didn't put our defense in harm's way. So when we got a 7-0 or 10-0 lead, we took care of the football because we didn't believe an opposing offense could drive down on that field. Well, Dak was turning the ball over left and right. So if you keep putting them back out there, you remember, Stephen A., how many minutes did San Francisco have the ball? There's a 37. How Okay, so that means that means that defense was on the field for 37 minutes. Okay. Uh, but as we discussed, not much parity in the NFC this season. I want to get to the other team. So the Niners aren't the only unbeaten one in the NFL. The Eagles moved to 5-0 and with a 23-14 win over the Rams. Dan, how impressive was this victory for Philly? Yeah, it was the most impressive win of the year. I, I had a feeling that the Rams were going to win this football game and strictly because of how good their pass game would be against Philadelphia's defense. And I got to give Philadelphia's defense credit and their defense coordinator, Sean Desai, in the second half, the adjustments that he made played a little a little bit tighter, more man coverage, forced more difficult throws. Obviously, Philadelphia's offense was the story of the game. They controlled it. Stephen A. talking about time of possession, long drives. Jalen looked fantastic, had protection, and A.J. Brown was awesome. But it was really about that defense that I had a lot of question marks going into that game, and they absolutely rose to the occasion. Philadelphia looked like Philadelphia of last year for the first time this year, and it was because of those halftime and second-half adjustments defensively. Fantastic job. I will say this. You're saying fantastic. I'm saying, listen, Hassan Reddick was a man amongst boys when he counted most. That brother was something special especially in those final two plays. But I give, the, I give them credit where credit is due. But let's pump the brakes just a touch. Uh, the fact of the matter is when you look at when you look at the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, red zone issues are still a problem. Yeah, I'm not calling well, you do to your I messed, head. I messed up my head, right? But red zone no is obviously a problem. No one's watching for your hair. Don't worry I, I, about I, it. You're I good. Keep going. But red zone, you know, we went to the red zone six times. Yeah. We only converted twice. All right, that's number one. Number two, defensively, you know, their third worst in red zone defense, allowing TDs on 75% of their opponent's possessions. That is a problem. They're going to have to fix that because when we look at Kansas, uh, San Francisco, we said Philadelphia, San Francisco. We're now saying San Francisco, Philadelphia. Yes. And it's because of those two yep. categories I just brought up. All right, let's leave it there because we got some juicy topics to get into as we move forward. Party just getting started here on First Take. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. One of the greatest rivalries in sports lived up to the hype yet again. Kenny Pickett hit George Pickens for a late touchdown as the Steelers rallied to stun the mistake-prone Ravens 17-10. Lamar, what happened with the drop passes? We don't expect our guys to drop passes. You know, um, it happens in NFL football. Um, just happened at the wrong time, but we're going to get better. We're going to go to practice. We're going to go to work. I'm not surprised by anything in the NFL and football. You know, it's just the way it goes, and we'll keep working on that. And we'll ma- I know we'll make those plays going forward. Those are balls that our guys are going to catch. They catch them all the time. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, Baltimore produced 10 points on its first three drives on Sunday, but the Ravens' offense dried up after that, being held scoreless on their final nine drives. The running game disappeared on those drives, a total of 37 yards, less than three yards per rush. The nine straight drives without a point is their second longest in a Lamar Jackson start. Look who's here, yeah. Rex Ryan in the building, your boy, Shannon. Uh, Rex, <laughs> yeah. tell, me, tell me this. Are the Ravens getting their money's worth with Lamar? Obviously, he just got the huge contract. Yeah, I, I believe so. And here's the thing, Lamar, here's, he, he can't throw it and catch it. Yeah. When we're talking about it, they had eight drops. I'm not making this up. They had eight drops, including three that would have been touchdowns. That's not Lamar's fault. And it's like this one right here. The guy's wide open. Look at his hands. Look how wide his hands are, Stephen. Why, why are they out there? Baby. Why aren't the hand, the fingers together? I don't know. Maybe there's a reason. And I'm going to tell you why the reason is. 
We did it something on Sunday Countdown where we showed the receiver coach was throwing a rugby ball to his players. And his whole take was it gets them to make sure they catch with two hands. Yeah. They get him to catch with two hands, and your hands are separated if you catch a rugby ball. How about we catch footballs where now my fingertips what are together? What is the point of getting reps with a ball from a different sport? Well, I think what it is is some guy's trying to be a guru or whatever. Yes. I would take that rugby ball and kick it out of my building as far <laughs> as I possibly could. Right. Shannon, you caught a million footballs in your day. That's it. You ever catch a rugby ball? No. Nope. Like, it uh makes no sense. I and and I know football. you've never dropped eight passes in your career, no. let alone no. a day. <laughs> I've definitely not, 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 I've never been a part of a team that dropped that many passes in one game. If you look at the first half, it was the tail of two halves for the Ravens because Lamar looked extremely well in the first half. But even if we go back and look at through the five games, this offense looked exactly like the Greg Roman offense. Todd Munkin was supposed to come in, and Lamar Jackson was supposed to spread it around. And even though they did have eight drops, Rex, all that could have been forgotten. Lamar Jackson threw a horrible interception in the end zone. That was supposed to be a back shoulder. And on the back shoulder, you know one thing, Rex, you can't miss inside. That's why you're throwing the back shoulder, because the guy's pinned inside. So if you miss inside, you're going to hit Joy Porter Jr. in his hands, which he did. And if but, he but makes Shannon, that play, go ahead. I got to say this. You're exactly right, 100% right. No question about it. However, look where the quarterback is. He's in gun. We all know you're, no. you're in the red zone. You need to be underneath. If you're, right. you're throwing a fade, a fade ball from, from the low red area, Stephen, you have to be underneath. Why? Because the timing of it. He doesn't know exactly where to throw that ball. All right? Or, or the receiver is going to have to delay his release. He's going to have to delay because you're absolutely right, Stephen A. What Rex is saying, because the guy's in the gun, the receiver can't go right now. You, got, you can only go so far because you're down there like at the 10-yard line. So you need to delay your release, let him catch the snap, and not drive. But you can't miss inside. But also, Rex, what were they thinking right before the half? Kick the damn field goal. Stop trying to get cute. If a team can go and get a Kenny Pickett, can take the Pittsburgh Steelers 80 yards and get in field goal range or get a touchdown with 20 seconds, well, you need to fire the D.C. Kick the field goal. You're trying to get cute. You snap the ball. You, it's fourth down, and you get no points. Now you wish you would have had those three points late in the ball game. Okay. Well, and we all know in that matchup right mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. points are at a point matter. I mean, because yeah, no nobody scores Steelers over Ravens. 20 points. This is Steelers-Ravens. It's Steelers-Ravens. Well, let me say this, y'all. Let me say this, y'all. The question is, are the Ravens getting their money's worth on Lamar Jackson? No. The answer is no. The no. The answer is no. And here's the reason why. Coach, I'm going to remind you of this. Five years, $260 million. $135 million fully guaranteed. Um, overall guarantees escalating to about $185 million. They're three and two. I know. I saw... Nelson Aguilar dropped passes. We ain't surprised by that. We've seen them yeah, do it okay. in the past. That's true. His career. Dropped a touchdown pass. Okay, we're not too surprised by that. We respect them both. We know they could play. But damn it, they ain't the first time they drop passes, okay? And the fact that you got rugby footballs in the building from some offensive coordinator just <laughs> accentuates your point. I get it. But here's the flip side to it, guys. Lamar Jackson, two fourth-quarter turnovers yesterday, now has an NFL-worst 11 turnovers in a fourth quarter or overtime of one-score games since 2021. That is inexcusable. That is inexcusable. We got to look at it from that perspective. We also got to look at the fact that he leads all NFL players with seven fumbles. 
Seven folk yeah. was the shit. I mean, far be it for me to bring that up. But didn't you talk about not turning the damn ball over? <laughs> now, interception yep. is the only way you can turn the ball over. You can only right. turn the ball over by fumbling the damn ball. Right. He's leading all players. All players. All right, seven fumbles, four lost, okay? He's accounted for eight touchdowns this year, but has six total turnovers in five games. Come on, man. That's not what they're paying you for. And at the end nope. of the day, you got to look at it from that perspective. We know what Lamar can do. I understand they're dropping his passes. I understand they should have easily won this game. Two touchdown passes, that's 14 points right there. Right. Drop in the hands of Aguilar and Bateman. I get it. I understand it. Eight drops overall. I got it. That's atrocious. We get it, okay? Yep. Especially when your defense is number two in yards allowed, in points, in points allowed and yards allowed. Defense is doing their job offensively. You're not doing your job. But it starts with him. And even though you got those drops, at the end of the day, damn, if you don't turn the ball over, you win anyway. And this right. man has been turning the ball over, and that is not what they're paying him to do. So you got right. to come to Lamar. If they were just dropping passes, Coach, that would be one thing. But when you can point to more turnovers than anybody in the league, when you can point to more fumbles than anybody in the league, when you can point to him in, in terms of one possession games, one score games with 11 turnovers in NFL worse in the last three, two, three years, come on, man. We got to look at Lamar Jackson and say, yo, that ain't good enough. Look, all fair. I mean, absolutely. Okay, I get it. But they're paying him to win. And Lamar is one of the best winners in this league. And his record uh, will, will tell you that. And I, I question like this, I, are we getting our money's worth from our offensive coordinator? I, that, that's one I'm going to look at, too, because it's not just going to be, as a coach, I automatically look at the coaching side of it. Yeah. But, look, I look at Lamar. Here's what I do know. They should have won that game yesterday if we hold on to maybe just one of those catches, you're going to win that game anyway, okay? Because you're going to play it different down, the, down the, uh, at the end there. And so, to me, that's it, okay? Here's what it would have done. They would have had wins all on the road against all three division teams, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. You ruined it. You, you can't catch the football. You don't take the points when you should have taken the points. There's a lot of reasons, and it's not just because Lamar, even though he has been turnover prone, that's not the only reason why this team lost this game today. I want to pick Rick, you on that. Oh, go, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. Yep. No, I was going to say, but Rex, how many times have we seen quarterbacks? We see Brady. We see some of these other quarterbacks play horrible with interceptions, with drops, and when they need to make a play, they make a play. That's what they're playing Lamar for. So now when I'm paying you this big money, if I'm paying you top five, top three money, those are the level of expectations that I expect for you. We know Nelson Aguilar. Go back and look at his resume in in uh, Philly. Look at his resume in uh, New England. Look at his resume in, oh, in uh, the Las Vegas. He's more retriever than receiver. He's going more apt to pick the ball up and hand it to the receiver after he the official after he drop it as opposed to catching it. That's it, Molly. I, look, no, you're, yeah, you're one-liners. I just, I just don't want oh, to gloss bad. over them. We, <laughs> had the, we had the Mari Povich earlier. What was that line? Oh. First time I've ever had a you, Povich you, you are the interceptions father. The <laughs> you are the interceptions father. What was this, what was this one I just got? Right. He's more retriever than receiver. You know the retriever. hilarious, he'll pick, Shannon. Yeah, he'll pick it up hilarious. and bring it back. So, it's Stephen A., you are factually correct. Hey, so we've seen him. So we're not really surprised that Nelson Aguilar dropped that ball. As Rex said, look how far – I mean, I mean, why are you trying to catch? A basketball? I mean, look how far his hands are apart. But with that being said, Lamar Jackson 
has to play better. Todd Munkin, he was supposed to open up this playbook, open up Lamar Jackson's skill set. This offense looks a lot like Greg Roman, heavy reliant on Mark Andrews and running the football. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And also, remember we thought the we thought the AFC North was going to be world beaters, and now the Steelers yeah. are in first place, so I don't even know what to think about this division. But I got a quick take for you. I think you were at this game, Stephen A., with 35 seconds remaining and a three-point lead versus Georgia Tech. The Miami yeah. Hurricanes decided to run the ball instead of taking a knee. They would fumble the ball and eventually give up a 44-yard touchdown pass to Christian Leary with one second remaining to lose the game. Rex. Yeah, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. As a coach, you sit back, you take a knee, and you go get your victory, and you're 5-0. and yeah. And here's the, the – but, I mean, clearly the coach is going to learn from it. Oh, he not this coach. Yes. Not this he did coach, it Stephen A. He, he did it before. He did, he did it, it before. before. <laughs> it's, like, when you told me that, I'm like, what? Yeah, Rex, he did it before at Oregon. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, and now he says, that's just not what we do. All right. What? You know what? Uh, you know what? First thing he better do in, in when he goes and faces that team, the first thing in install. Like, Shannon, you know we're going to install each week. All right, here's what our first play is. Uh, we're going to line up in victory. I'm going to show you how to do it. We're going to get underneath. We're going to take a knee, and the game's over. Yeah. And, Sid, this may cost that that uh, school millions Col- of dollars. Playoff broke the whole bit. Let millions me, of they dollars. They had me on there. They asked me to come down there to be a part of the pregame yeah, show for the ACC. Right pretty cool. And I enjoyed it, all right? There has never been a coach in my career that was more lucky that I didn't have to do postgame. <laughs> there was never. I promise you, if I had to do postgame that night, it would have been on. Now, I, I didn't have to do postgame. I was a guest. I made a guest appearance, and I had things to do in Miami. So, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't stay for, did. I didn't stay I for the postgame. I, I was out. I was out before the game ended. But let me tell you something right now. That man is lucky. I didn't have to do post game that game. It's a disgrace. He caught. He may have caught because remember Georgia Tech lost to Bowling Green the week before. Yeah. So yes. to have that loss, you're not going to the college football playoffs now. No. I can't no. see it happening. You you just blew your university a college football playoff berth and millions upon millions of dollars because you didn't know how to take a knee. Yeah. Right. Hey Stephen A. Thirty seconds, Shan. Stephen A. That play was so egregious. You're supposed to have gone and did a post game by yourself. Just get. Get your phone out and say, guys, this thing is weighing on my mind so much, I've got to get this off my chest. I would have, I would have, but I figured you would do it because you the one on video all the damn time. I figured I'd leave that to you. I started to. I started to, but I, I would let this slide. Had I known he had done this before in Oregon, oh, I had to get him. I'd have got him. Listen, you know no what, doubt. Shannon, sometimes Horrible. we have to repeat mistakes in life. So, <laughs> happens to the best of us. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. The NFL schedule drops this week. 
And you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. For the second straight week, the New England Patriots got flat out embarrassed. This time, shut out 34 not up by the New Orleans Saints at Foxborough. It was another poor game for Mac Jones and that offense around him, which resulted in the quarterback being benched for Bailey Zappi yet again. Just plain and simply, we got to find a way to you know play and coach better than that. And so let's go and do start all over and uh, get back on a better track than we're on right now. Decision to sit down Mac there in the later, later stages of the game. Nothing at the end of the third quarter. So. Is he still your quarterback going forward? Yeah, there was a lot of problems. It certainly wasn't all him. All right, let me break it down for you. In the first 497 games of Bill Belichick's head coaching career, including playoffs, he had two losses by 30 or more. He's now done it each of the last two weeks, the worst two losses of his head coaching career. The negative 69-point differential in their last two games is the worst two-game span in Patriot history. New England now falls to 1-4 and four on the season with serious question marks about the direction of this team. So, Shannon, I want to ask you this. Without Brady, is Belichick just another coach? No, I don't think he's just another coach. Um, I think the success that he's guided this team through over the last two decades, um, I think is something to be applauded, to be commended. Um, I think what has happened is that me, and I can just speak to me, but I think I owe Brady an apology because I don't think I gave him enough credit or I should have given him even more credit because what Brady allowed Coach Belichick to do Brady is the largest eraser in pro sports because every mistake that Coach Belichick made during that two decades, Brady could erase it. You took a bad receiver, Brady would take a seventh-round receiver, a receiver that you took in the first or the second or third round, and Brady would erase it with a Julian Edelman. Or you make a mistake on a defensive back, he would take somebody else and he could erase it. Coach Belichick did a great job of designing defensive schemes to keep the point what he did against the greatest show on turf. All these great high-flying uh, high offenses. But at the end of the day, when you needed a quarterback to make a play, Brady always made that play. So I think he allowed Brady to play away because he could tell Brady, when you see this formation, this is what I would do to you if you're in this formation. And this is where the weakness is in the defense.
But I don't think he – a regular coach can't have this level of success for two decades. But what it does go to show you, no matter how great of a defensive mind or an offensive mind you are, if you don't have a guy that's six foot four and 200 plus pounds with arm, you're whistling in the wind. I would never sit up there and say that Bill Belichick is just another coach. But I can't say his record says so. <laughs> I can't say that his record without Tom Brady as his quarterback his in 10 seasons average. is 79, 72 rather, and 79 with two playoff appearances. Wait, that's his record without, without Tom as Tom a starting Brady. quarterback? Without Tom Brady in 10-plus seasons as a head coach, Bill Belichick's record without Tom Brady is 72 and 79. I'm looking at it right here with two playoff appearances and one single playoff victory. That is without the services of Tom Brady. It has to be said, so I'm going to say it. If I'm Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, I call Bill Belichick the six-time champion this man that built my organization into a perennial champion who recognized the fact that Drew Brees wasn't the answer. It was Tom Brady, okay? This guy, I call him into my office, Shannon. I call him into my office, D.O., and here's what I tell him. You are no longer the GM, the football decision maker for this franchise. You can coach, but that's it. You're not deciding personnel any longer. And if Bill Belichick did not accept that, this would be Bill Belichick's last season in New England. And I'm going to tell you why. You pushed Tom Brady out. He wasn't ready to leave. He showed you that when he went to Tampa. He did not want to leave. You pushed him out. Not only did you push him out and convince me to do it against my will, and I fought you a few times and saved Tom Brady when you wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to be the successor, but then ultimately I caved and I gave in to you. But not only did you do that, but then when we got Mac Jones, what did you turn around and do? You brought in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. You literally totally impeded this brother's progress. Yep. You're not making football decisions anymore on personnel matters. Yeah. You will coach. And if you don't coach, and that's not enough for you, we're going to celebrate you and the great work that you've done, but this would be your last year as New England's head coach. Yeah, we're, we're in the time right now watching them ruin and break Mac Jones. Mac yeah. Jones is a significantly better player than what we are watching take place right now in New England. No one blocks, no one gets open, no one makes a play. It's awful. This is the worst roster they've had in 20 years, worst team they've had in 20 years. Stephen A., I would agree. It, the conversation that you thought would never happen in New England has to be on Robert Kraft's mind right now. Uh, am I actually going to do something at the head coaching position when it comes to Bill Belichick? It has to at least be a conversation with the way this team has looked the last two years. Yeah. New England looks so much closer to the Caleb Williams, Drake May sweepstakes, the two quarterbacks that will be the number one and number two pick out of college football, than it looks like a playoff football team right now. To your point with the general managering stuff, the last time that they drafted a really good player on offense, not like great, but really good. Now, Ramondre Stevenson is, is bordering that world right now, is realistically 2014 in James White. 2014, they drafted hey Tooney. Hey, I got to hit the top of the hour. You finish your thought. Tooney and Shaq Mason, they're good offensive line. Tuma's not there. Mason's not there. But skill position-wise, 2014. Let's come back after commercial. Yeah, after commercial, you can get into it. 